You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. by the Saints for a touchdown! Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60! To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! We're Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak and fully entrenched in training camp, much to get to. Obviously, the first day in pads hit Monday, and it was great to see real football in action. I know all the excitement about getting ready for training camp. It opens up, and then it's like guys run around still unpadded, and it's, you know, it's great to be there, but it's not as sexy or exciting as it is when we finally get in full pads. No, yeah, today felt like the first real day of practice, right? Like the first day that we can actually – right. I mean, because we went through OTAs, we went through minicamp, we've seen so much that is not real football. And today felt like the first kind of bit of real football. So we're going to get into that. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can get him at Steve Geller WWL. But we're going to be getting into observations basically from the first five days of practice and one day of padded practice, which is today. We're going to, And then I want to get into in the second segment, I want to go deep into what Jimmy Graham talked about on Saturday because I thought it was a fascinating interview where he kind of laid out a bunch of stuff that I didn't even realize over that have kind of been going on for him over the last five, six years since he was traded away. And I'm pretty sure this is the first time he's actually talked about it, which is fascinating to me because it was eight years ago, but he just has not talked about it until arriving with the Saints. So I think it's worth spending an entire segment on that. And then in the last segment... I'd like to get into kind of what have we seen from Mike Thomas? He's going to be the biggest story this offseason, whether we like it or not. And he's going to be the slant guy, no matter whether you like it or not. I do like it because I think I don't know why people hate slants because slants are fantastic. And we're going to get into that. He caught a bunch of them today. But first things first, let's get into some observations, happenings. Um, Since we recorded our last podcast, it happened on the second or third day of practice. We haven't talked about it yet. Trey Turner. Went down with a quad injury. Dennis Allen said today that it was a tendon rupture of some kind. Sounds miserable. You hate it for him. He just went on IR today to free up a roster spot. I guess it's that's that's a positive thing for him in terms of, you know, they're keeping him around and maybe they can bring him back next year. I don't know. But he's done. And that's, that's a bummer because I think that they 
really liked that competition at the guard spot. And I think he had a chance to unseat Andres Pete for that job. I really do. Um, and what we saw today was Andres Pete goes out with a quad injury of his own. But it's not as significant, obviously, as what Trey Turner dealt with. But we don't know exactly what he's dealing with. We saw him kind of lumbering off during practice today. He did not get into, the, into any of the team drills. And so that guard spot, I think you have James Hurst and Cesar Ruiz kind of in line to take over. But I don't know. It's it's kind of up in the up in the air. Yeah, with the development today, obviously with Pete leaving early, we're going to have to wait and see how long he's going to be out for now. But I'm, I'm imagining you're looking on the free agent market once again after, unfortunately, Trey Turner didn't work out. But, yeah, I thought he had a really good chance. The history of the player, uh, him being back home, you thought he'd be you know, a little rejuvenated too, like you hear from all these guys that get to come back to New Orleans who are from here. And so it just leaves you another big question mark at the offensive line spot again uh, when it looked like there was a little bit of answers for you. I'm not saying that Trey Turner was going to be the be-all, end-all, but I thought he was going to end up being a, a key rotational piece for this team. Pete leaving today, I guess it's it's really no surprises, uh, it's, except for the fact that it was so early on in practice. The team really hadn't even done much yet, and I saw he was walking back to the locker room uh, we know his injury history is always a problem, unfortunately. Uh, the thing you have to, I guess, hope for right now, just for the continuity of this starting offensive line, is the fact that it doesn't keep him out long and he's able to go week one. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we don't know the severity of this quote-unquote calf strain right now is like what DA called it. Yeah, and like like you said, I just – have no faith in on just Pete from a health perspective. I actually think that when he's been healthy, he's been serviceable. He gets a lot of flack, but he's been fine when he's on the field. The problem is he has not been on the field. And I just don't know how you can go into this season trusting that to be the case. I think that's why you brought in Trey Turner to begin with. And I don't know who do you bring in? They re-signed Coda Martin, a guy who <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I didn't even realize wasn't on the roster. I thought he, because <laughs> he was on the roster through mini camp. And then I guess they waived him. Uh, he's not a guy who's going to make an impact, right? He spent a couple of years on the Arizona Cardinals, and he spent the offseason here. He's a guy they know. It's kind of like they were like, well, we need we need bodies, so we might as well just bring him in because we know him. He's not the answer at guard. Calvin Throckmorton is not the answer at guard. Hopefully Nick Saldaveri can do something early in his career, but it's it's tough to say. The other signing that is worth mentioning, Kyle Phillips. The Saints brought him in. He was wearing 91 today. He was out there, but I don't think he was fully practicing. He's kind of just going through drills off to the side. He's wearing number 91, which is the number that Jabari Zuniga had been wearing. <laughs> he has retired from the NFL at age 25. Never really was able to latch on. He was a third-round draft pick in 2020. It's kind of crazy to think about. And he was another Jets guy. You know, the Saints, for whatever reason, have been enjoying Jets guys. Kyle Phillips is another Jets player. Nathan Shepard is a Jets player. They've Marcus May was a Jets player. I don't know what it is about the Jets system, but the Saints seem to really like bringing in defenders from the Jets organization. Yeah, the big one, too. Demario Davis, obviously. I, I think he was drafted yeah. by the Jets, right? I think he was drafted by the Browns. Okay, then went to the Jets. 
No, actually, I may, may have that backward. I think he was with the Jets, went to the Browns, went back to the Jets, and then the Saints signed him. Either way, that's a good note. He, he another yeah. former Jet player, although it was a different regime, right? Sure, like, sure. The, like the others have all come kind of out of the same out of the same system. But it's good. It's a good note. Uh, even to I'll even go dig back a little further just because it's on my brain with Jets. Uh, Jonathan Vilma, obviously, too. So yeah, they've they've had some pretty good history of former former Jets players. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe they just feel like you know, the cold toughens you up and you just bring them down. But uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I, n- I don't really know anything about Kyle Phillips. They just announced that signing today, so we'll I'm sure we'll see him out at practice tomorrow, and you'll go from there. But you know, Gerard Zuniga was not exactly going to blow the doors off anybody. Um, they clearly liked him. They brought him back, but yeah. So that's really like the said, only roster moves that we've like seen. you said though. Too wild to think that was just. A couple years ago, this guy was not even a late round pick. That third round, third round pick. A, that's a significant investment from a team right there. I, I think we're going to go back to that 2020 draft and find a lot of examples of. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I think there was a lot of shots in the dark in that draft. Zach Bond was in that draft as a third round draft pick as well. And, you know, we talked to him today right. and he was <laughs> still talking about how he needs to refine his coverage skills. I'm like, dude, you're in year four. Like I, I appreciate that you're that you're being optimistic and you're like okay, uh, you know there's stuff that I wasn't perfect at coming out of college. I'm still working, but no, no, you should have it by now. You should say I'm good here. Like I have done the work and now I'm ready to show it. What do you mean you're still refining <laughs> your technique? What that? What when is it going to be refined? Anyway, I do well, not we, have faith in Zach Bond either. I was going to uh, say check him off the next guy behind Demario and Pete the, uh, Warner then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's another thing. Uh, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna keep going. The what I will say, and I had someone talk to me about, oh, well, same old Saints constantly dealing with health and injuries and stuff. I actually think, knock on wood, they are very healthy right now. Everyone was at practice right. today. They had a hundred percent attendance at practice, not including Trey Turner, who's obviously going on IR. But you know, that's impressive. Like that's unusual. So. In that in that vein, obviously the Trey Turner injury is disappointing, but in the sense of the guy you signed off the street, who you didn't even think was going to be a factor until last Monday, is the only guy you're dealing with a significant injury with right now. I feel like you know when you take a step back and you appreciate where things were last year with Mike Thomas and Pete Werner and all this and Trevor Penning dealing with the injury late in the preseason, you know to to now where Trevor Penning is there, he's still kind of getting worked in slowly kind of get that two reps with first team and then they swap them out. I, I can't complain about how the how the health is stacking up. And I think there's a point where you have to say the training staff seems to have turned a corner. Yeah, and I mean... And Pete, so t- Pete, Pete is Pete, right? Pete is... Right. Pete You're going to have is. your guys that... I mean, it's an elbow. It's a thumb. It's a pectoral. Yeah. It's an ankle. I mean, unfortunately, yeah, the guy just... It's constantly something with Andrews Pete. And just with the injury front, I mean, you see that across the NFL... This is a hard game, folks. I mean, it's not just New Orleans that is, quote-unquote, snake-bitten by these injuries. And i got to stop saying that, quote-unquote, I realize, too. Now I'm using that one too much. You, you, <laughs> besides my other ticks, I've I I realized that's one of them. <laughs> but that's anyway, fine. the thing with the injuries, they're going to happen right now. And I, I agree with you. Thankfully, this team is relatively healthy. Uh, you got some guys, you know, obviously, like a – I mean, it, it could change. <laughs> but right now, like there's right this now, idea that yes. like, wow, they're just constantly getting all these injuries. Well, right now, they're in good shape. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. No, like you said, 100% attendance the day before Pete went off. Other than that, yeah, we've seen them taking it slow with your Michael Thomas, your Trevor Pennings. And for good cause, you don't want to rush anything when there's no reason to right now. I can't remember the last time I was taking attendance at practice and ended up crossing off every name. Right. Which obviously not Trey Turner, but he is only on that roster because they hadn't moved him to IR yet. But every single name on that list was on the field. And yeah, that does Turner's, not happen here. Turner's now on IR, so we won't have to worry about even scratching him off right. anymore. Ideally, you know, and tomorrow I'm sure Pete won't be there, so whatever. But either way, like I, I think that narrative is kind of missing right now the point that you know, they, they're, they're in good. Like, look at what happened to the Bengals. Look at Joe Burrow. Like, one major injury like that. And the Saints, obviously, have a long way to go. We should not count our chickens. But it's still, you know, right now I'm okay with it. Kind of moving on slightly to something that happened today that we don't get to see as much of anymore. The Saints have kind of dialed back how much they go to this. Is We saw one-on-one reps with the wide receivers and the defensive backs. We don't get to record it anymore, which annoys the hell out of me because – it becomes really difficult to kind of analyze everything that happened. You can really just make a quick note and move on because they, the reps go right one after another. You barely have enough time to write down and scribble what happened before you move on. But they, it is really engaging. It's really fun. It's probably one of the more fun drills you get to watch because you can really just hone in on what's going on with these two guys. That said, I get annoyed when people ask me constantly, oh, who threw the pass? Who threw the pass? One-on-one reps between defensive backs and wide receivers and the same is true of linebackers and tight ends. It is not a quarterback drill. It's really not. Think of it more like batting practice. Like you never, if you're watching batting practice, you don't say like, oh, who's throwing the pitches? No, because the pitches are just going to a spot. Like the balls, like the quarterback's standing there with no pass rush. The ball has to come out. And that's what I talked to Isaac Adam today, um, who had a really good rep against A.T. Perry. It was a really con- well-contested well play. A.T. went up, made a nice catch, the first true contested catch I've seen him make. And one of the things he said that I think is relevant, it's like it's actually really helpful for DBs because if you play perfect coverage on a team rep, the ball's not coming to you 95% of the time. Like maybe it does come out anyway and the, the quarterback just gives him a, like a 50-50 ball. But in most cases, it's like you don't get to work on your ball skills if you're playing really good defense as a defensive back. In one-on-ones, the ball is coming out. So you get to work on those ball skills. And I just thought that was interesting because like Marshawn, he doesn't get to he really doesn't get thrown at, right? Like you don't he doesn't get a chance to work on it. So that's where those reps are valuable. And I think a lot of people kind of miss the point of it, which is those are DB reps. 
first and foremost. The wide receivers obviously get a chance to work on some of their one-on-one route running skills, but that is primarily a drill for the defense to work on those skills. And it's slanted heavily, I would say, in favor of the offense. Oh, and they, yeah, right. That's why it's a defensive drill because yeah. they are in a terrible position. <laughs> um, like they, that's probably why they stopped letting us record them because the DBs got annoyed You're watching all these clips right. of them getting burnt. Yeah, that was not the case though for Paulson Adebo today. No, Paulson looked great, and like you know, I, I keep saying, and we'll get more into the position battle as we go. I, I like Paulson Adebo. I think. When you put him across from Marshawn and you give him help over the top, I think he's going to be a very good player, and he's very physical. And you see him going up against Mike Thomas. That is appointment viewing in terms of what he is able to do and what Mike wants to do, which is just to beat you up off the ball. That first rep, I know Paulson intercepted it. It was the I didn't see it because they started, and I was looking at the, at the opposite side of the field, and by the time I got over there, all I could hear was this, the yell and celebration. But I know he intercepted that ball. I think Derek Carr threw it. There you go. And then later, Mike Thomas got him back with another really well-contested play. He just went up and made the catch, and it's what you want to see because Mike Thomas isn't going to be creating a ton of separation. He needs to be able to make those contested catches, and he did. Um, But, yeah, I thought Paulson looked great today. Yeah, I know he had a a forced incompletion against Taysom and I think uh, Shahid, uh, which were really nice. I'm looking forward to seeing more of these battles because it just – you want to see that separation. Who is going to be that dude? Is it going to be Paulson or is it going to be Alante Taylor that ends up being your starter across from Marsham? But I'm wondering if it's, are you going to see a rotation come during the season? Is it going to be a mix of both of those guys in and out? I just don't know how much that ruins someone's rhythm in the course of a game. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, before we go on, here is what Dennis Allen had to say when I asked him about kind of the point of these 1v1 routes. Well, look, the most important thing in that situation, because that drill is really slanted towards the offense. Uh, there's some drills that are slanted towards the defense. That particular drill is a little bit slanted more towards the offense. Um, and so really, it's an opportunity for guys to really focus in on, concentrate on, on working their technique. And if you work proper technique in that drill and have success there, that that that'll that'll, that'll bode well as you get into you know, full team situations where now there's a rush on the quarterback. You're not necessarily expected to win those reps if you're if you're a DB. I mean, think about it. How many Saints defensive backs would you be like, yeah, put them on an island, we trust them? One. And it's Marshawn Lattimore. And even he, in those situations, is going to have a hard time. So, like, you're talking about a guy like Isaac Yadam, who tells me he likes those reps. He didn't like him when he was a young player, but he likes him now because he gets to be more physical. He gets to really hone in on his techniques that rep against A.T. Perry. He said he knew why he lost it before he lost it. And it was because he was kind of dancing at the line. He wasn't getting his feet set. And then he just kind of got beat off the ball and it was over. And that's the type of thing that's like, yeah, it's annoying if you're a defensive back and you're getting beat and you feel like you're playing good coverage. But it's where you it's kind of that like sink or swim situation. And I think there's value in that. The other thing D.A. said that I think is interesting. There were no seven on seven reps today. And because of that, there were no one-on-one defensive line, offensive line drills because that's when they would be doing those is when the offense and the D and the linebackers are doing the seven-on-sevens with no, with no lines. They're over there doing their one-on-one. So I, I just thought that – and I never see it because I'm always watching the seven-on-sevens. I don't know. I thought that was interesting because it's a good point. I never thought about that. 
No, that, I mean, the that's always something, too, that seems like it's, you know, a, a must-appointment viewing, and we just didn't get that today. Well, it's just – and that's another thing is, like, we I can give you all these notes on practice. Understand that it's physically impossible for me to watch everything. <laughs> like, I kind of have to just take turns. One of these days, I'll have to skip seven-on-sevens and go over and watch the the one-on-one offensive line, defensive line drills. But it's just, uh, you know, it's only so much you can do, and we can only stand in certain areas and they don't let us – Kind of well, hide them in the corner. Yeah, that's that's the toughest part too. Is trying to get a good angle for those one on ones with the offensive and defensive linemen. I agree. One more note before we move on to the next segment is Jeff Duncan reported this over the weekend. Dennis Allen confirmed it. Alvin Kamara is going to be meeting with Roger Goodell. The idea being he's going to kind of tell him his side of the story as it pertains to the Las Vegas nightclub incident that has been settled criminally. And now the question just remains of, okay, what's the discipline going to be? And, you know, I I have no idea whether anything Alvin has to say will sway Roger or anybody in that regard, but it's probably not a terrible idea. You know, it's kind of a why not? It couldn't hurt, I imagine. I hope I hope it couldn't hurt. I don't know if it could actually, now that I say that. But here yeah. is what Dennis Allen had to say when he was asked about, you know, wh- wh- how that all developed. I think that was a discussion that initially started with him and Mickey, um, and and uh, you know I think Alvin really wants to you know get out ahead of this and and uh, um, have a chance to visit with uh, Roger and and you know kind of give him his side of the story and and look at the end of the day you know I think part of it is you know let, let's let's get some resolution to where we're at and then let's move forward. So I, I think Alvin, you know. Um, you know, is looking forward to putting this behind him and focusing in on uh, what he has to do uh, to be the best he can for our team this season. But yeah, so apparently that was a conversation that Alvin had with Mickey and they kind of just got it going. He indicated to Jeff Duncan that it was going to be happening prior to August 2nd, which would be Wednesday. So I don't know if maybe they would do it over Zoom. Maybe they would do it here. Or maybe if Alvin's not here tomorrow, we know why. But either way, it's going to be, you know, I think if that's what's, if they're going to levy discipline quickly, I imagine it won't come too long after that meeting. And we haven't talked to Alvin yet. He said he's going to talk to us after that happens. So I don't know. Either way, that's, it's going to be a huge story when it, when it drops. Um, But at least we could feel safe that we won't be getting the discipline until that conversation happens. Yeah, we have an off day this week on Thursday, so maybe that's even when they do some kind of meeting. I'm curious, too, now that you mentioned it, it's like, you know, I think, you know, you, you want to meet somebody. I'm like, wow, is is Alvin going to fly to New York or something? But, yeah, we have Zoom calls nowadays, and, you know, who you don't need to uh, be face-to-face kind of thing, although it's an issue I wonder if he'd want to have, like, that in-person meeting and sit down with the commissioner and if you're trying to get, get some the, yeah. positive feels and like you're trying to win somebody over, being in person would be helpful, I think. Yeah. Because I've been on enough Zoom calls and I personally find no issue whatsoever in being a bitch over Zoom. I'm a bitch to people over Zoom all the time. But when I see them in person, I'm like, oh, how you doing? Hey. <laughs> oh, I, you're a human just like me. You're not a, you don't live in that computer screen. And so... I don't know. That's that's my personal vibe. If I'm Alvin and I'm trying to 
kind of massage the skids here a little bit. I know that's a mixed reference, but stay with me. Uh, that's I would be flying out there. Um, Cause you know, you can say, Oh, how much does it cost to fly out there? It'll cost a heck of a lot less than missing two games would and losing two game checks. So if he can get that suspension down from like six games to four games with an, with a conversation and getting on the right side of the commissioner, why not? Yeah. That, that's the last thing to worry about. It's obviously does the commission have the time and is willing to have this sit down, which I, I'm, I'm sure he will. Hopefully album brings him a nice, uh, present from New Orleans that softens the commission up even more and be like, remember, Sean Payton's not here anymore. You don't have to hate us. <laughs> I was just about to say, you should go over there and be like, yeah, Sean guy's kind of a jackass, no? <laughs> right? Thank God he's gone. Thank God he's not here anymore. <laughs> Man, he's such a dick. Yeah, those brawls out everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how he should lead. Yeah, 100% should lead off that meeting. I bet he, gets sus- he doesn't get suspended at all. They'll suspend Sean. Because he'll yeah. tell them all the secrets. He'll give yeah, them all we'll, the goods. We'll double back and we found some stuff about Sean we didn't like. <laughs> Based on our interview with Alvin Kamara, we're going to suspend Sean Payton for three games. Everyone's like, <laughs> we, what? We can't tell you why. <laughs> we just know he deserves it. And you know what? I think Saints will be like, okay, we're okay with that now. <laughs> yeah, why not? It doesn't affect right. them. Uh, anyway, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. This has gone off the rails a little bit, but we're going to come back. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. We're going to dive into the pretty extensive interview that Jimmy Graham did over the weekend. He was this first time talking to the media since coming back to New Orleans. He had a lot of fascinating things to say. So we're going to dive into that. Then we're going to close out with some content about Mike Thomas. And then we're going to pick our kind of top three standouts for the start of training camp. Keep it locked on Inside Black and Gold.